guys, welcome back to the 429 Podcast on another episode of TechCast, TechCast episode 26 on 2. I'm 9. I'm 4. And I know we've been a little delayed with some of these postings and stuff. It's been a hectic month of February, guys, but we have a lot of interesting things planned out for you. Um, we're working on improving our social media, working on improving our presence, working on improving a lot of different things for this podcast, right? So we're behind a lot of interesting ideas, and so we can't wait to show you guys all of them throughout the year. But with that being said, guys, welcome to another episode of TechCast, and we are about to get started. So to kick off kick off tech cast right you know we all know about uber lyft and everything like that but did you guys know lyft is now uh, focusing on the senior citizen population right with the new option that they can actually book rides by get this phone call so they can literally call lyft and be like hey i want to lift like like they did back in the day when they were calling dial seven car for the taxis right yep uh-huh. so it's very interesting because now you now it, it's really starting to underscore the whole taxi market, right? People still hail cabs. Like mm-hmm. I'm in New York City, right? For example, guys, right? So people still hail cabs with their hands and everything like that, or they call for private cars and everything like that. But now it's kind of game changing that you could actually just call Lyft and be like, hey, I want to ride from this time to this time doing this, 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 this. And um, so we'll see how it actually plays out. But one notable thing to notice here, guys, is that Uber actually attempted the same thing um, a little while ago. I think about a year ago, right? And um, Uber actually shut it down because they just didn't find it profitable for their side. But what are you, what are you guys' th- uh, thoughts on this? For Lyft, you know, or- I, I think this is necessary. Okay, like let me give you an example, right? Um, one time I was in New York City in Manhattan, and I vividly remember this. There was this older lady, and she was trying to hail a cab, and I was sitting there, probably maybe like a block away, watching her. Um, and, you know, and I'm thinking to myself, like, she just can't call an Uber, right? She probably doesn't know how to call an Uber. So she has to sit there and call. She's probably like, "What is an Uber?" <laughs> like, right? And I mean, it's 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 a problem because, I mean, for your elderly population, they're probably the ones that need quick ride services the most, and they have the least ability to call them and actually get the yeah. rides. So, you know, something like this would definitely help. And I mean, luckily, there's still a lot of cabs in Manhattan. You know, she got a ride probably within a couple of minutes of standing there, but. You know, nonetheless, there she is standing there. What if there are no cabs around, right? Sometimes it can take 10, 15 minutes to hail a cab if you're unlucky, right? So, yeah, so basically, it's uh, it's, this will definitely help people, especially your elderly population. Um, you know, and maybe even some of your disabled population where they can't stand for long periods of time, and maybe that means they can stay in their building or in their house for, or apartment for longer, right? Knowing exactly when they can leave and have to go stand out there and wait. So, I think overall. I hope there's a way they can make this popular and make this profitable because I think that it's something that's necessary and would definitely help for a variety of populations of people. Yeah, I think I think the idea of making it always as more accessible, right? Adding options to consumers to their users is always a plus in my book, right? Uh, you never really a lot of people probably tend to uh, see this as like, why would I need this? I'm never going to use this, right? But this happens for every accessibility option, right? It's not about you in general it's about making sure everyone enjoys the app the same way and has access to it in the same amount of way and not blockage by any you know physical limitations that they may have right so i'm all down for this i really hope this stays i I think i uber had this similar thing and they shut it down right sadly so i would be really hope that lyft kind of carries on maybe they should take it even two steps forward and start adding more accessibility features really driving home that they really care about all walks all different users and stuff like that i think that really would hurt uber and you know maybe give them an edge towards that yeah maybe guys it's gonna be interesting to see we'll see how the experiment really plays out for lyft hopefully it 
Hopefully it goes better, right? And uh, I think Lyft may have a better branding than Uber for like, hey, I want a Lyft instead of I want an Uber. Like what's an Uber, right? A Lyft is actually like old school slang for, hey, I need a ride, right? So we'll see how it, we'll see how it really plays out, right? So moving forward, like I said, guys, since I'm in New York City, I, have, I tend to have New York City related stories. Uh, this is one of them, actually. The uh, New York Police Department has actually just uh, used their new robotic dog um, in action. Um, so there was actually a, um, a situation going on in the Bronx. They don't want to send their police officers in because they didn't want to risk the safety of their police officers. Mm-hmm. So technology to the rescue. So they sent what's called the DigiDog. It's a 70, it's about a 70 pound robotic dog that went in and actually can either subdue the attacker or whatever's going on, or can actually be like a therapeutic way of getting all this stuff done. So it's actually very interesting, but it's keeping people on edge, especially in New York city, because it's like, uh, bro that thing has a camera on it it's watching everything i'm doing uh so like it's like it's raising privacy concerns of you know is it using facial recognition technology is it actually keeping track of us what's it actually doing right like i'm like look for people who are in new york city you guys know traffic tickets are coming some of the worst things that we get around here so like what you what you what you see really here is that like for all the traffic for all the traffic tickets and everything I see a huge increase of replacing what we call the meter maids with this around here, right? So I would not be surprised if a robotic dog is tagging my license plate for a ticket in the future. So, but what are your guys' thoughts on this one? Um, I think it's really interesting. Um, I just really like, um, uh, what's it called? The whole idea of a small robotic dog coming up and seeing it in, in New York City. And like, just, because I've seen, I seen footage of this. It's kind of like really adorable how it runs and stuff like that. But I, I think it does raise a lot of concerns about privacy and stuff like that, and I think it should be talked about. I'm honestly real curious of how it subdues, like, People? criminals. Yeah, that's what yeah. I was thinking, too. I mean, unless like, it's like a taser on board, I don't know. Yeah, that's, that's the way I was thinking. Does it say anywhere, too? Like, how is it some? Like, what's the method? To be honest, this this article focused more around... Um, the privacy concerns? The privacy concerns, right? It was more of a privacy concern-related article than it was about the features it has. But um, I would have to search more on the side. But I think this is the same Digi Dog that was that uh, Four brought up way back when from that company in Massachusetts that actually built this, right? Yeah. Right? So I, I think the last time we talked about that, it was that they were trying to like basically Use commercialize them testing. and commercialize yeah. them to like different yep. uses. So I mean, we see well, them. Evidently, use... the NYPD is a client now. So I mean, they've been using a lot now, right? We saw them in like as Four talked about vaccine testing, and now like NYC. I wouldn't be surprised if we start seeing them in like Target, like. Like basically giving you baskets or like showing you around. Yeah, like for using them for the elderly to keep track of their stuff. Yeah, I wouldn't be yeah. surprised, right? Like these dogs are com- these dogs are really coming commercialized in a way, which is pretty. It, yeah, we're heading towards a robotic world, so it will be but, interesting uh, to see what. But happens. I guess that I guess that also I mean that, that brings up more of the privacy concerns. I mean, are you okay with a dog following you around Target, watching your every move, or in the in the park, or uh, and like with as a dog deputy or? In like when you're going to the hospital and you're seeing a dog with a camera following you when you take your testing, I mean, are you guys okay with that? I mean, that I mean that kind of is sounds scary. Think about it. The more you see them, the more your privacy concerns rise up. Yeah, dude, it's uh, definitely a concern. We'll see how it uh, plays out. But you know, moving forward, let's keep it keep it pushing with these uh, stories, right? So these are like our brought my flashing stories, right? I have four big ones for today, so we'll see how we get to it, but. Reddit's been in the news a lot this whole month, right? If you guys haven't fo- haven't been following the whole GME fiasco that's been going on, when it's going up to a thousand dollars, down to fifty bucks, up to a thousand dollars again, all this crazy shenanigans these Wall Street guys are pulling off, right? 
But what one benefit that's come out of this, actually several benefits have come out of this, right? GameStop is saved, right? So we can all be thankful for that as gamers. I know that's uh, definitely a huge one. Uh, it's affected other stocks as well. So AMC is actually out of bankruptcy now and uh, they're reopening movie theaters again. So everything's, uh, Reddit's doing a lot of good lately, or at least the users of Reddit are doing a lot of good. And evidently another, another beneficiary from this is Reddit themselves. Reddit has just raised $250 million on another evaluation. And now they're worth actually about $6 billion, right? So this will come as a shock to a few people because I think, you know, especially some some users who've been there since day one, right? We all thought Reddit was more of a mature uh, platform already in terms of a business. Mm -hmm. But Reddit's still in the startup stages, guys. So Reddit is worth only $6 billion now. And it's going to be interesting to see that what happens once they get to around that $10 billion mark. Because around that mark is when companies start filing for, you know, IPOs and stock shares and everything like that, right? So yeah, it'll be exciting to see. It'll be exciting I, to see, but go ahead, Nine. I, I was I knew that Reddit was more was uh, it's on like the you know the rising phase because I remember a few months ago I actually fast in Reddit and that's when I actually started looking to like how much money I've been raising and stuff like that. So and I realized it was pretty like you know. Wait, young. you're an investor in Reddit? No, no, I wanted to be. Oh. <laughs> well, they're, they're 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 private, I think, right now. Then they're, they're not. They uh, are a private company. That's why I was. That's why I was, yeah. I was like, who do you know? Like, yeah, can, yeah. can you so, put me in touch? <laughs> like, no, 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 no. So like, that's why I. That's what I knew like way back then that they were still like like you said they were still rising. They're not. They're relatively still like a a small company. We think about it. Not as you know. We know they've been here for years. So, I I've been knowing about this and the fact that they have like what what is it six billion now? Their value is six billion, which means they're getting closer closer. To maybe hopefully become an IPO. Mm-hmm. That's pretty cool. I mean, I I don't know if, I don't know how well it would do though, considering how I would consider Reddit being a very volatile community. You know, I mean, it does it's been doing a lot of good, but it has done some bad in the past. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna name some examples, but it has done some bad things in the past. Well, one uh, thing to note here, right? One thing to note here: I don't ever see Reddit becoming a public company, and unless it gets sold from its current owner. A lot of people don't know this, but Advanced Publications is actually the current owner of Reddit, right? Yeah. So uh, until it actually gets sold itself or it gets sold into another company that wants to take it public, it probably won't get public, right? Because this Advanced Publications company has been private for 99 years now. So unless they go public anytime soon, it's not really happening, right? So, yep. um, But it'll be an interesting one to see. I'm sorry? Unless they split Reddit off. Unless they split it off, right? Yeah, exactly. So they could do that as well, but then... You know, I truly don't see that happening from, you know, a business perspective for these guys. But I thought it was just interesting to see that, hey, $6 billion, you know, Reddit's not worth. And we'll see if it keeps going up and up. Hopefully, at one point, it'll have to, you know, get into the public markets in order to raise money. But maybe not, right? Maybe not. All right. But sticking with the plot line of social media, Facebook is back in the news. And Facebook has actually just released a new social media app called Bars. So Facebook's new app, Bars, would actually let you rap over some pre-made beats. So it asks, it asks you some questions about, um, like, what's your rapping experience, what type of beats you want to listen to and stuff like that. And then it just throws bars at you, like, literally it throws music at you, and you drop and you drop the lyrics, right? You drop all the lyrics associated with it. You start rapping on the scene, and people can, like TikTok, right, like, follow, comment, all that stuff, right? So what are you guys' thoughts about this? This is a very interesting move for Facebook. It it seems like it's kind of interesting, right? Like this is probably now their third overall social media app. It's the second one Facebook has ever really put out by themselves, right? And not acquired. Yeah, you're right. um, It just seems to me like it's a little 
awkward, right? Because like this feature seems like it could be something. It doesn't that fit. Could be built into something else, right? Like it doesn't seem like it belongs as its own standalone app, right? Like for example, on TikTok, it seems like you could maybe have a filter for this, right? Where yes. the filter would be, hey, let's select a random song or like pick a style and like, you know, you'll we'll play this while you record your video, right? Like. It, it just, to me, seems like it could be a feature of an existing video-based app instead of a new app. I don't know if it's necessary as a standalone application, just from honestly, a tech standpoint. Honestly, I feel like this was, honestly, I feel like this was some senior engineer side project that Facebook was like, yeah, you know, let, let's give it a shot. Like, Yeah, maybe. Um, Pretty much, really, yeah. It really could be. That's what it uh, honestly feels like to me. Um, but I don't know. Those are just my thoughts around it, right? But uh, it's very interesting to see, like, you know, Facebook going into this space because it's not something you would think facebook would go into it's facebook is designed social media for you know mass markets and mass people and everything this is a very niche product yep I and agree. it's a it's a very interesting one but we'll see we'll see how it plays off but switching over to some gaming news right reports have come out from google that uh stadia was a utter and complete failure uh no. google Google Stadia has actually reported to meet expectations by not just, you know, one or two users or a couple thousand users. No, but roughly hundreds of thousands of users, it actually missed the mark. Um, I highly, highly, highly say, uh, think and uh, see that uh, Google Stadia will actually be the next in line for the list of uh, products that will be, yeah, that will be killed off by Google, right? And um, I find it just ironic because I'm sure you guys remember the launch picture that they released right where google stadia was actually lined up next to all the other gaming failures of the past right you got like the old atari the old nest there and everything like that right and so um at least those services turned a profit (laughs) yeah so stadia is uh gonna be in that shrine but not for the reason you think of being the successor and being the one that overcame all of it it's gonna be the one that actually fell into the same hole that all these other guys did right so i saw that picture i don't know why they thought that was a great idea i don't know came up with that was totally everything was they were like i don't they're they're basically trying to foreshadow their own demise by doing it it's like it's like basically uh making a a, like a ship a brand new ship and you 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 celebrate yeah make a titanic like oh this is like right after the titanic what what do you want i'm not going on that ship anymore (laughs) so i don't know what they were doing with that with that whole marketing thing but I mean, I've I've been saying like Stadia sadly isn't um wasn't going to do very well. We're we're so close to being there, right? And really, the only the only problem with Stadia and this type of service as a whole is just our internet connectivity, right? It's not it's not a, a software or hardware problem. It's it's an internet problem. It's connectivity. It's infrastructure. The latency just can't you, know- you can't play online games with latency going back and forth like that. It doesn't work. It feels. I think it's also, I think I think it's part of that. I think it's also part of their structure. Right, I think it depends on who you ask, but like compared to like two and and me, um, I would never get into Stadia even if it was perfectly late and it's free because they're asking me to buy all the games I already own again. Yeah. That's I think that's the number one issue. I think one big thing, but to your point, right? I think hardware is definitely not an issue because now with cloud and everything, you can actually remote into a bunch of gaming hardware, yeah. right? But latency is definitely the issue because, like, say if I open a GCP instance with, you know, a terabyte of memory and I could custom configure my own gaming unit on there, right? My issue is still that if I try to run even the most basic games, like, say, Minecraft, for example, right, I'm still laggy as hell. Good luck even turning your camera. You'll never even – you'll never be able to move your cursor. I I think what Forrest saying is that, like, not everyone has access 
the, a good enough internet to even connect to that hardware remotely. Which That's is, the problem. Yeah, exactly. So to this point, problem. I agree, right? The yeah. hardware is there, but the latency and the but again, if, is not. Even, even if you're like in Silicon Valley with like the best internet, right? Or with you know Musk's Starlink activated. Uh, no, that, I don't think that would do it. That would hurt. You you need direct hardline hardline connection. Well, even if you had that, right? Even if you had that, I still think the whole structure state is pushing it across. Because well, I'm gonna like... counter that. I'm gonna counter the direct hardline one, right? I think we're not at the point yet where you know a terabyte internet speed is, let's say, over Wi-Fi, a terabyte of speed over Wi-Fi is just not there yet, right? Nope. Yeah. I think once you get to that type of level point, right? Yeah. Um, a thousand, I'm sorry, not a terabyte, a gigabyte, a thousand, uh, a gigabyte gigabit. level speed for gigabit. over, yeah. Oh, yeah, a gigabit over Wi-Fi, right? That's when I think you really got to the level of, all right, maybe we could have like gaming, streaming and stuff like that. Right now, it's hard to even get, dude, some people out like rural United States can't even get 10 megabytes, right? Mm -hmm. um, they're still on dial-up. So like until we get to that level point, which I think Nine's emphasizing that Starlink that yeah. Elon Musk is designing can hopefully that's get the there. That's the answer, baby. I don't think. I don't think I don't that's think the answer. Ever... I don't think that'll ever work. Really? It's it's it, it's just too much latency. You might be able to get widespread speeds, but now you're talking about zooming information into space and coming back down. You're like doubling the round trip, and then you're now going over uh, radio frequencies instead of on on a cable, so it's slower. You're moving now slower. Maybe. Maybe, right? But it's going to be an interesting test to see. But I think definitely with faster speeds will come more innovations, right? So I think we yep. will see streaming video games at least in our lifetime. But at least for not another five to ten years until these internet problems and what you just said, like packet loss, low latency is actually resolved, right? I'm, I'm thinking you probably need at least gigabit speeds, maybe 10 gig speeds with good latency and low ping in order to really, really yeah. effectively game like this. And yeah. I mean, only in very few places can you get gigabit and 10 gigabit speeds for reasonable prices it's not profitable it's not profitable right now for these no. businesses right it's just no. not until until the price of this until a price of you know a gigabit speed comes all the way down to what we pay for like 10 megabits right it's not nothing's gonna really happen right so we'll have to wait and see but it's definitely an interesting case that i think we can make a bigger episode about but moving forward right um a long island man has found Amazon packages undelivered on just the side of the road, right? Oh, out no. out towards uh, Long That's Island. <laughs> and uh, guess it's about 20 packages, but guess what was the response from Amazon? Sorry. No, uh, keep it. No, keep it. It's just fine. Don't worry it. about it. Oh, yeah. man. So Amazon said, Amazon actually said that they would not pick them up and told them to dispose of the packages as you see fit. So they were basically implying that, look, throw it out, but like, if you want to keep something, go ahead and keep it because we're not going to check anyway. And all these people who actually had, uh, whose deliveries these were, actually had on their app that it said delivered to their house when it wasn't actually delivered, right? Mm -hmm. So th this may be a case of Am Amazon driver going rogue or everything like that, but until, and like usual, right, Amazon's trying to cover, cover like any business, they're trying to cover up once the story gets to the media, right? So uh, Amazon customer service has now responded to this guy was, and they said that, oh no, we'll take a look at the packages will come pick them up and deliver to their rightful owners and everything like that. So they're trying to play a uh, media semblance there, but we'll see what actually happens. But it's interesting, right? Cause like this dude was opening packages and actually some of the equipment, some of the things were just PPE, right? It was like masks, you know, some hand sanitizers and stuff yeah. like that. Right. So it's like, it's re it's really unfortunate that we would have this happen. Right. But, um, that's it's what definitely an when interesting you have, when you have drivers for hire, you know, so when you can't totally vet your, your drivers completely, it's possible to start doing things like this. 
That's the number one issue with just having anyone be able to come in and start doing package delivery. See, I would have yeah. been fine with this, with this, with that response, if they immediately reordered all the packages to the, the customers affected. You know, you know, because I, I can see why it could become like an issue in terms of like, uh, what's it called, like health and safety. Like mm -hmm. these packages in the streets, for who knows, are they being contaminated? Maybe, right? Because they don't, they can't verify. Mm -hmm. In. So I can tell them being like, you know what, we we can't verify that. We don't want it, it's a more legal issue. Just throw them out, right? And I was hoping that that meant that like we're just resend it. But the fact that you also said that it, it tells them that it got delivered to their houses means that Apple, I mean Amazon, didn't do bumpkiss. Uh, yeah. So. And what do you do if the, the, the items weren't reorderable? Right, nine. Like I know you said if they reordered it, it'd be fine. But like for example, some of these like N95 masks are non-orderable you cannot order them anymore so like what do you do in that case it's kind of rough i mean that that's that's really where amazon really has to or i would say as a company it really shows how much they care about the consumers yep. right there are there are methods i would say either give them their credit back in some form or order a alternative with you know with the credit even back so like give them money and then order alternative you know it may not be exactly what they want but they get their money back and they get some form or you know there's a variety of different ways i would say of doing it but the fact that they just did nothing means that they really shows what they think yeah so we'll see how it we'll see how it plays out right we'll see how it plays out but it's uh definitely an interesting one but all right guys now getting into the big stories big 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 stories right this one's in well it's old news now but big when it came out earlier this month right mm -hmm. but keeping with the theme of amazon um jeff bezos is leaving amazon so he's stepping down and leaving the next jeff in line to be in charge right. and that is not a joke and that is not a joke because the next CEO of Amazon is, I forgot his exact name, but it was Jeff, uh, what was his name? Jeff, I'm double checking his yeah, name. Yeah, it was, it. yeah, it was Jeff, Jeff, right? It was, uh, no, it was Jeff, while well, I'm looking up, Jeff. Jeff. It's actually going to be, oh, it's not Jeff, sorry, it's Andy Jassy, sorry. Uh, <laughs> that was my, oh, Jeff, the other Jeff was actually the one that quit. And because he didn't get the position. So yeah, Andy Jassy will actually be the new head of Amazon and he's replacing Jeff Bezos. Andy's actually head of their AWS division right now, actually. So it's a huge step up for him from managing all of AWS to managing all of Amazon. But it's uh, definitely going to be an interesting story to see and see how uh, Amazon really plays through, right? Typically when the founder leaves, you know, companies tr start getting stagnant instead of innovative. But this may be a, a reverse case since Andy's been there since day one. I think he was employee number five, right? So he's been there since day one, and so we'll really see how it um, really comes to fruition. But we wish Jeff Bezos nothing but the best of luck in all his future endeavors. Um, he's definitely going to try to beat Elon Musk to Mars now, so we're going to see how that really plays out. So it's going to be an interesting thing to see. But, uh, yeah, it's uh, any thoughts you guys have around that? Did I talk about this one last week? I think so. Yeah. Did, did we? Forget? Yeah. I probably did forget. It's been a while since we did one of these episodes. <laughs> so, yeah. Dude, it might be... This is the last last week, but hey. But all right, so I guess moving forward into other big stories, right? This is uh one a security shout out for four, right? So I'm the listening. reason you remember the solar winds attack? Mm-hmm. So one of the reasons that attack got out there was because the password was solar winds one two three, right? Yep. Good password. And uh <laughs> Solar Wind CEO is actually blaming an intern for the leak of that password. So um Wait, wait, wait. Is, is he blaming him for the leak, not for the password being SolarWind123? Yeah, that should be a bigger concern. <laughs> right? He's blaming him for the leak, 
that the password was SolarWinds123. Oh, your fault. How dare you leak our password? Our strong, capable password. Listen, a good password wouldn't have been leakable. You go just, like, accidentally leak a good password. Like, it should be random digits, characters, strings, right? Like, unless he purposefully was trying to get it out there so that way someone could do malicious things with it. Like, it shouldn't have even been something that's, like, leakable. Like, how... You know what I'm saying? Like, oh. Yeah, no, I'm a, I'm a complete agreement with you here, right? All right, maybe even if the intern did leak the password and it was a bunch of random numbers and digits and all that stuff, right? All right, fine, I could see that really happening. But first, why does an intern even have the privilege to see that information? Absolutely. That's my first concern. Absolutely, that's a good um, point. But at the same time, then, right, it does it does depend what are they doing, right? What's this intern doing? You know, they might they, there's a chance they might have legitimately needed it. And you also don't know what type of intern this is, right? This might have been an intern working there for six months, right? They might have been but even an employee then, at that point. Some of them get like that. Yeah, but even then, when you have an intern at that level, or like, how are you having an intern at that level that could see a really big, important corporate password, right? So, like, even, even, yeah, unless this intern was like the next, like, Bill maybe, Gates. Like, maybe he thought uh, it was a joke. Like, he, like, looked at it, like, that's not the password. Like, like guys, look at this. It's, it's maybe so he like... thought. Or maybe he thought it was the non-production password, right? Who 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 uses the same password in non-fraud and fraud? Honestly, right? looking at the password, I wouldn't be surprised if that if that uh, kid was like, "It's not the password." Show the ones with the come on, guys, look at this. So, three, come on, it's not where... oh, probably work. posted on Reddit somewhere. <laughs> yeah, one of my non-production passwords is actually the name of the company plus one two three. It was just Solar Winds one two three. And probably one hacker was like, "Huh, I wonder if that password was the same in fraud." Look, look, oh, look. Here, here's 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 all I'm saying, right? I think that there are some very capable interns that have a good handle on what they want to do and the companies some of them will just put trust and faith in them and i think in, in certain cases that can be misplaced but in a lot of cases it's it's well deserved and i think a, 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 anyone any employee having a password they knew to do to do or they need to know to do a portion of their job still stays within least privilege right i mean we're talking about least privilege that's the, that's that's the property we're talking about here it's the the privilege to have only everything you definitely need and I mean, if he needed it, he needed it, right? You still fall within security guidelines of least privilege. So I don't think regardless, the problem is whatever, that he had it. The problem whatever, is the password. The regardless, the whatever, whatever the case may be here, right? Is that a major security firm should not be this should this should not have happened from an intern, regardless of even if it is an intern or if it's a senior developer, whoever it is. When you're pushing code and you leave the password as SolarWinds one two three. There should be some sort or some form of code detection or some security protocols you have in place as a security firm to make sure that that doesn't happen. Right? And how are you not using like certificate authentication, right? I mean, you talk about just the password. I mean, this they type of stuff needs certificates and cryptography and the, everything should be validated. They should at least change the password to SolarWinds 124. That would have fixed everything. Yeah. And it would have been. And more importantly, more importantly, how long was this password even there before someone even realized it, right? So it's like, from what we found, what they found, and what they scoured, the password was online since June of 2018. So, like, dude, come on! Like, do you not have code checks in place for verifying all this stuff? Like, I get, it. I get that it's harder to build than necessary, but as a security company, your first priority should be to secure, to make sure you're secure before you start providing security for other people, right? So, all right, look, look, this is what I'm reading. This is what I'm reading. Apparently, the password was posted on an internal private GitHub account. Right, so um, uh, here's here's what must have happened. He must have forgot to put the config files in his git ignore. Is likely what happened here. Yeah, but like we said, maybe. this doesn't 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 excuse the fact that the company should have been using like certificate authentication for this type of stuff. 
There's no and that worries that me even more. The keys to the kingdom, as this one user said. And, yeah, and that worries me even more that why is this the, why is the password Solar Winds one two three and you have an intern access now? There should have been one form for production, one form for non-production, right? Solar Winds one two three for non-production internally. Who gives a shit, right? It's fine, right? But like Solar Winds one two three for a whole production-based server, and like you literally have password policies in place that say don't release our password that says Solar Winds one two three in a private server. Like, dude, like this, there's a lot of oversight here and, you know, maybe we should be consultants and help these, help these firms out to be more secure. But cause you'd be surprised. It's not the first firm, you know, in the world that's probably done something like this. Right. I remember one of my passwords during college all the time for one of our professors was like this tire company followed by one, two, three. Right. So it was like Michelin one, two, three. So dude, it's, it's all fun and games, but like, it's, it's funny stuff. Right. So we'll see how it really plays out but moving forward guys right at least that didn't hide sensitive production data <laughs> it wasn't it was really just if you wanted access to the java server we were using to freaking build pac-man feel free but that's all you got access to really Hosted on an internal pac-man? network with no actual user information bam they're building, they're yeah. building pac-man nice nice mission what you company? all right keep going. than you think the ghosts have so many annoying rules but anyway keeping it moving right this is one problem I, we always talk about in our society, right? That yep. people within our government, people within our judicial system are not aware of how these tech companies function. One of the major cases is actually right here, where a, I think, I don't know, I'm not sure if this was a federal judge, but I think it was a federal judge that actually didn't realize that Google, uh, that when you go incognito in Google Chrome, mm-hmm. that Google is still tracking your information. Of course. Right? Of course. Um, that's literally knowing anything about google 101 but more importantly if you guys ever open a new tab in google chrome right it actually says right there that chrome's not going to save this information but we are going to save all this other information right and so it's really funny to how not have people realize this and considering that google makes it actually very explicitly clear that they are tracking you um so kudos to google for actually saying that, yeah, we are tracking you and doing all this stuff, but like, come on, bro. Like, this, there needs to be a more widespread education on security at definitely the federal levels and the judicial levels for all this stuff. Because how are you going to have a judge listen to a case based on technology and stuff like this when they don't even know that if they go on incognito and search Pornhub that they're still being tracked by Google that they search Pornhub? Um, and I mean, it's it's, I it's pretty. It's to me, this is not something that's like new news right i mean it's it's pretty for anyone that like knows tech i mean you know your ip doesn't change just because you're an incognito your hardware addresses don't change because you're an incognito right all of this information doesn't change because you've went incognito you know these things still remain the same you're still tracked exactly the same on a lot of websites minus maybe cookie trackers and different things they embed inside your local browser right mm-hmm. which google lets you disable now too by yeah. the way in incognito yeah, and I think it's disabled by default in incognito a lot of the time. Um, yes, correct. But anyway, a- anyway, I mean, like, it's this isn't new news. I mean, incognito just doesn't store local data. You don't get cookies. You don't get local sessions. It's all reset, right? Like, yeah. These are these uh, to me that this is not really a a big news story. I guess I guess for people that aren't that don't have the technical. Understanding I guess it's just mind blowing. It it's me different, how... but. Yeah, I guess it's mind-blowing. I think it has valid concerns. I think it has valid concerns. Because uh, Google... Because the other browsers don't don't look into 
that much into your details in Carnita mode. Like Firefox is a great example. Their Carnita mode doesn't look, they don't take as much data as uh, Google's in Carnita mode. I think it works as intended. I mean, you still have, you know, your, it takes some form of information, but it doesn't keep track of all the URLs you are in. Maybe, your... but when you're working with a business whose primary job is data, technically, right? Then come on. But then, like, the, it, but then, then the question should be like Google should be more clear about what they're taking instead of just as, as it comes. It comes again with the more opt in, opt out thing. You know, instead of just telling me. Well, I mean, they were clear. Doing... So credit to well, Google. Are they? Case, right? Are they being clear? Because they're just yeah, telling, they're telling you. They're telling you yeah. what they're not. What they're what they're not doing, but what what they're not telling what they're exactly doing. Well, I mean, there was a learn more button where they could have learned what they are exactly taking. Yeah, right? but as, yeah, but if you learn. <laughs> They know that they're not. That no one's clicking on that. That's the whole point. They know yeah, exactly. They are. They are pretty clear, though. I mean, but they can make it clearer, and they don't want to, though. That's the thing. They can make it way clearer because this is Google we're talking about. This is a billion dollar company. These guys can make things. These guys have made apps and phones and stuff so user experience, so user nice. If they wanted to make it super clear, they could have. But they purposely could have. You're right. And that's the thing. They, that's that distinction. That 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 driven uh, action to not do it is enough look, concern to be look 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 if you, if we just look at if we just read what incognito says right it says chrome won't save the following information history cookies and site data form information that's all it says it's Thank not you. saving that's all it says it's not saving it says nothing about google's data collection it says nothing about anything else it literally specifically outlines what they're not storing and it but abides by that so you should be under the assumption so you should be under the assumption that google's still collecting everything else that you're doing what I'm what I'm saying is that like, it's not too far fetched to think that what's it called since since uh, other browsers don't do it, it's not too far fetched to think that they're following the standard other browsers are doing while in Carnita mode. Because that's the thing. There's no internet standards here, right? There's no standards for incognito. Yeah, There's no, but, that's the thing yeah. with, that's the thing with technology here, right? But, you know, and I, I, you and I both know that because this is Google we're talking about. Like their primary business yeah. is data, right? But what I'm saying is the average user doesn't know about that, and it should be clear. But see, this is this is an important. This I think you just brought up a very important thing, right? You just brought up the point that regulation, right? A lot of people have been bouncing this word around within congressional governments, within the United States, as well as within the EU, which EU is much more focused on this versus Asia, which is not focused on it at all. Um, but basically, right, what power, what powers and what standards should technology companies follow? Incognito, I think, is a perfect example you just brought up, right? What data should they be allowed to steal? What, or not steal, but monitor? And what data should they not be allowed to do, right? There's no standards for this, right? Yeah. Apple, for example, won't collect anything. Google, for example, will collect everything. Firefox, like you just said, doesn't collect much, right? So... It really, it's really, really based on, you know, there's no standards here. So you're right. My concern is that Google, like you said, is just not clear. And we both agree that they could have made it super clear. They have the money. I mean, what did you want them? To, what did you want them to write? That we I, don't mean, this I mean, I just gave an example. I just gave an example. I just gave an example. They make it super clear exactly what they're collecting and what they're not well, collecting. Let, let, let's think about this though, right? Google has like a 70% market share on the browsers. Google's the norm. Firefox is not the norm. They're they're not the norm, right? Google is the one that is what most people are going to use. Chrome is the one that most people use. So the expectation I mean, look, is that it's laid out by Chrome, not by Firefox. 
to be fair, even Google made it pretty clear. Like, if you click learn more, it just takes you to this whole page that shows you exactly what they're collecting, what they're not collecting, right? So, like, it's kind of, it's kind of, yeah. Like, I, like I, 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 I'm, I, I'm in I, agreement I, I, with you. Like, you, you know that I'm very pro-privacy, and I'm in agreement with you that, obviously, privacy and less data collection is always a good thing. But at the same time, I think Google is clear enough on what they're not on what they're turning off in incognito. They tell you what they're turning off. And I mean, when you install Chrome, you already know what they're collecting. Yeah. I think, tell they you install. I think they can make it clear. I really think they can make it clear. I mean, I, I've seen well, I don't know. sites of people making it clear. If they, this is a million billion dollar company. It, these guys have design experiences similar to how Apple does it too, right? And they have shown us. And I think one thing you're gonna realize to, they can really. Do. I think they could easily design this to be there. Even the name incarnation is kind of misleading, if you think about it. They can, but until they're forced to, and until regulation comes in to do this, like they did with GDPR, right? It's not gonna happen, right? So we're gonna have to wait and see how this is gonna play out. But I can guarantee, I can almost guarantee you that within our lifetime, technology will be as regulated as finance and healthcare is in the United States, right? Mm-hmm. As regulated as those as regulated as those industries are, technology is the next one to be regulated in this realm, right? You're not right now. We live in the heyday of technology where any Joe Schmo can go learn a program language and create his own startup, right? But within the next five to ten years, maybe even change. maybe twenty years, you're gonna see that hey, do you have a license to practice in this specific technology industry to do this, 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 and this? If no, no, you can't create a startup, right? So you're gonna see a lot of regulation coming in, and a lot of stifled uh, innovation. To, yeah, and a lot exactly right. So I see it coming in, and like you just pointed out, incognito is going to be one of those where privacy—that's going to be a huge regulation within the next fifteen to twenty years, right? It's like, hey, you know, four nine, let's go build a privacy startup. Whoa, 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 wait. Do you have your security exam? Do you have this Cisco security privacy? Do you have this? Have you worked in security for ten years before doing this? No. Well, good luck. You're not going to be allowed to do it, right? And so. It's going to be very interesting to see how this all plays out. Eventually, you're going to have these technology companies, like in healthcare, like in finance, you're going to have the big who's who of these industries. So Google's going to be like the equivalent of one of the major banks or one of the major hospitals. And everyone's going to just work under them and do all the innovation and everything under them. Like uh, we're, we're, done. we're kind of already getting there, if you think about it. I mean, right now, we really are. We are getting there, right? You <laughs> we're, 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 we're already, there's pretty much only like four big tech companies, really, realistically. Mm-hmm. I mean, exactly. Yeah. You literally just talked about. You literally just talking about another app on, open under Facebook, like literally. Exactly, yeah. and wait till you see, and just wait till wait till you see one of these technology companies fail. Right, it's gonna be like the two thousand eight financial crisis all over again. So, the circle only goes round, my friends. Anyway, to end with a feel good story, right? The Blitz. United States FCC has actually just approved fifty dollar monthly internet subsidies for low income housing and low income families. And, you know, this was a story that I'm actually really excited to share because, you know, we've talked multiple times on this podcast about, you know, right now in this whole COVID environment, which is crazy, crazy, a year later, we're still in this environment, right? That people can now access, um, people can now access internet at this level, right? So now you can have, you know, your inner city school kids, your inner city, um, classmates and your, your inner city uh, students and everything start accessing internet and having them actually have decent enough internet, right? $50 is not bad for a monthly internet uh, stipend, right? So it's like, I'm very excited to see, you know, some equality getting put in for people who just don't have access to this necessary thing. And it really makes a huge debate now of like, hey, like, 
internet should maybe be a utility moving forward, right? Because not only like students, but like senior citizens and as well as others, right? Providing them with basic internet access to even just schedule a COVID vaccine or do something like that yep. would be game changing. So what are you guys' thoughts here? Yeah, I, I think we went over this a lot, right, in terms of like whether or not internet should be mm-hmm. a utility or what exactly it should be. And I don't know if I absolutely have a end-all stance on this at this point, but um, I do like to see more people getting access to the internet. I know that we spoke a lot about students not having the opportunity to really go um, to remote school properly because a lot of people still don't have internet access or cannot afford it. And I think that you know, getting internet to, especially to those kids that need it is huge. And I mean, it's overdue really. I think they should have been prioritizing those, those students earlier and getting access to those types of uh, environments much sooner. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Nine, what are your thoughts? I mean, I kind of agree with four. I mean, it's just, it's, it's just good to, you know, also have this type of, uh, What's it called? Subsidized uh, subsidies for low-income houses during the whole pandemic. I mean, it's. It, I wish it kind of happened sooner, right? But I, I'm glad it's finally happening, and it, it, it's just. Well, we have a new FCC chair. We have we have a new FCC chair now, right? So I think that's what actually got it pushed and completed. But yeah, to your yeah. point, I agree. Yeah, like it, it, it's nice that it's just making rounds, and it's sad that we have to have a whole pandemic too, and basically have it wake up towards it, you know. Um, Although I do hope that they properly prioritize, right? Because, I mean, I I know that a lot of these things can be taken advantage of, like, very easily. And, I mean, what I don't want to happen is for people who don't need it and don't need the money or... I agree. You know, like, this happens all the time where you've got people who absolutely don't need subsidies taking advantage of them. And, you know, they should really, really attempt to prioritize those. Like, especially, like I said, for me, number one priority should be those kids who are going to school in the public education system and need internet to do their schoolwork, like, that should be priority number one. Make sure that those kids have internet. Like, you cannot properly get educated in 2021 without internet acti- without internet connectivity. And, you know, for me, that is the, like I said, the most important thing. So, I mean, I hope that they properly prioritize that. I agree. I agree. Well, guys, this has been episode 26 of the 429 podcast and episode 26 of TechCast. So... We uh, have a lot of we have a lot in store for you. Please check out our social medias. Please check out our website. Please yep. check out yep, yep, yep. all all of it. We have a lot a lot of different things planned for you this year, and you know we're finalizing them as they go. So, and we also apologize for any delays that come across from this. But guys, we're excited to see where 21, 2021 takes the four two nine podcast, and we hope to catch you guys next week on episode twenty seven of TechCast. Yep. Later, guys. Be well. Bye-bye. Later, bye bye. Later, guys.